Good afternoon, Salisbury University. This is Gall Talk Live, live from WXSU LP Salisbury 96.3 Seagulls Radio. I said live twice, so that means we're double live. I'm here with Caleb Rada, my co-host. Hello, hello, hello. He had a well-deserved vacation to Jamaica. Oh, man, I wish it was in Jamaica. It was more like on my couch and then back to Salisbury. What, I, uh, was there, what, were you sick or you oh, on your no. couch? Or? I was on my couch in some pain from oh. a root canal surgery. Oh, I need to get some of that also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of a problem with a tooth myself. Yeah, I mean, you were telling me you had a toothache. I, I mean, I wish they, they didn't give me any pain medicine either. They literally gave me nothing they gave me some penicillin to make sure my tooth they didn't give you anything while well i hope they i hope they at least sedated you while they were taking it out well what a root canal is they don't take your tooth out Uh um but yes they did give me i was about to say i hope that i hope you got something during that period of time yeah nice big needle in my face Yeah, you're you're a braver man than I am. Hey man, it was pretty nice actually. They I got to watch Rick and Morty. Oh, good stuff. All right, um, so I have what I've got is I've got a wisdom tooth that's coming in the wrong way, but it's coming in through another tooth, mm. and so like it's right splitting it, it. Mm. and so infection can get in there. I just ran out of the uh, how do you pronounce it? Geary, Guieri, Geary, Geary, um, library, the and just ran straight for your docs, and I was like. Do something about this immediately, please. Do you have dental? I don't know. You don't have dental insurance? I have to check. I have to check. I have health insurance, but I don't know if it covers dental. Mm. It sounds like a sounds like we're doing a commercial for like Do you have dental? Do you have dental insurance? Does your medical insurance cover dental? Uh, Alright, well, we're going to start off with uh, the Players of the Week. You had a Player of the Week that you wanted to uh, shout out to. Did you rem- did you get to look her look up? It was from one of the players from your class. Oh, man, I don't remember her name, but I remember her face. Oh, boy. Well, i tell you what. How about I you go You remember her the- name, right? Did, did well, if, if it was... Um, oh, boy. Oh. If it was Nicole Venturelli, then that was from... La- we did announce it last week, and she did make CAC Player of the Week. Uh, believe that was l- as of last week. She was uh, more than that. She was uh, CAC um, first team. CAC first team. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and I'll give it a Google, and you run through your yeah highlight CAC players. first team. I think we I think we had one of those also. Well, I'll go uh, ahead and hit you highlight who you want to highlight. Okay. Well, uh, over in a field hockey, Tressy Windsor has become the first goalkeeper in the history of the Capital Athletic Conference to earn. CAC Field Hockey Player of the Year. Windsor ranks fourth in the nation in stoppage percentage at 84%. That's a lot. Mm. That's that's ridiculously good. Her goals against average is second second in the league and fifth in the nation um, at only 0.75. That's incredible, too. She has recorded 20 career solo shutout, shutouts, six wow. of which happened in 2017. Windsor was on was an all CAC second team pick last year and is a first team pick this year. She's joined on the first team by Emily Lemansky, Jillian Hughes, Ariel Johnston, and Lindsay Lindsay Elgin. Natalie Wilkinson was named to second team all CAC. Were you able to get it? Yeah, I did just find her. Um, Nicole Venturelli. I told you. You were I right. was pretty sure. Yeah, she's in it, my uh, she's in my coaching class or not my coaching class, my strength program and designing class. Right. It's amazing how the more you go over these, the more you remember names. Right. It's the same with any other sport that I've covered. The more you go over, the more you remember names. I was so afraid when I got into sports that I would have to know all the names coming in. Oh, Otherwise, you just people get it. would think I'm a noob. No, you just have to get it. Noob. 
Yeah. Uh, in women's soccer, seniors Rithy Lucas and Jamie Taka and sophomore Dana Gordon have been named to the All-CAC First Team. This is Ruthie Lucas's second award. Lucas led the team with 11 points and 25 points in 2017. I believe that's supposed to be 20, 11 goals and 25 points. We'll have to talk to our copy editor about this. Uh, this is, let's see, she finishes her career with 23 goals and 53 points total. Ah, dang. Uh, Taka finishes her year with seven shutout victories this year, while Gordon was tied for fourth place in the conference for four assists with four. She was con- Oh my gosh! She You're was tied. There. She was tied for fourth place in conference uh, for assists with four. That, see that the it's four, the four. There's two fours yeah. there. It's like which four do you want? Uh, seniors Hope Newsman and freshman Kayla Homeyer were awarded second team All CAC honors. Let's see here. Over to oh, we're not done with that part yet. Uh, Newsman received the Defensive Player of the Week. Three times in 2017, she finishes her career with a 0.33 goals against average and 20 wins, 14 of which were shutouts. Dang. Homeyer held conference opponents to only three goals over nine matches. She's played in 18 matches and started 16 of them. Homeyer is definitely a player to be watching in the upcoming 2018 season. In men's soccer, seniors Michael Kramer and Nick Carrington have received second-team All-CAC honors. Carrington started all 20 matches this season and led the year with five goals, including a perfect four-for-four in penalty kicks. Mm. He ends his career with 10 goals and an assist. Uh, Kramer started all 20 matches this season, both contributing to a a defense that was tied for second in the conference in goals against with 0.99. Kramer ends his career with 67 matches played and 56 started. Every time I say Kramer and every time I look at it, I picture Kramer coming in through the door the way way he does in Seinfeld. Well, I'm sure that our buddy over there doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't come in like that. No. All right, we're going to be right back in just a second with the game of the week. This is Golf Talk Live. So the game of the week, you say. Now, one might say that this could be not the game of the week because... Even though it was competitive, right? Even though it was definitely the show that everybody wanted to see, it wasn't the outcome that everybody wanted. Yeah, to it see. definitely wasn't. But I'll tell you what. Maybe I don't. Maybe it was because I got to put my sports writer hat on for the first time. Maybe it was the energy at the stadium. Maybe it was going to a uh, football game for the first time in forever. Is uh, that your first time in the stadium? That's the first time in the stadium, and I realized mm. I definitely. And I tweeted this out. And one of the coaches actually liked my tweet. I said I missed out. Not going to the oh, other yeah. ga- the other games this this year. I mean, 100%. it's it's just as good as going to a pro stadium to me. Really? Honestly, it really is. The energy is definitely only there. if it's full. Only I mean, if it's full. If they, it, it's it's a difficult thing to get the student population to to games. It was it was pretty pretty hot. It was pretty a lot of people. It's yeah. pretty full. I mean, yeah. I would say it was probably more full in the first half. Yeah, it was. It was. And it, you can it, thank the people started walking out in the fourth. Oh, late really? In the fourth, but it went to double overtime. Yeah. That's what's weird is that people actually sta- people actually started walking out. Mm. 
Yeah, I would well, never be able to walk out of a double overtime. Well, I'll give you a little game. bit of an overview of it. This okay. is going to put you right there in the seat. I'm excited. Right? The one thing that I didn't mention, I'll mention now that I didn't mention in my write-up, is that uh, you're probably familiar with it because you've been to a game before, right? Yes. Okay, so if they're, if they're on defense, if the Seagulls are on defense, people start stomping on those metal oh, yeah. seats. And before you know it, the entire stadium is shaking. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, if it's anything more than that at the Seattle Seahawks Stadium, which they say registers on the actual earthquake meters, God, how do you take that? I don't know. I mean, I mean it's, even, also, it's amazing. Even at a college level, like, you can rattle those seats. I mean, we used to do it all the time in, uh, in high school. Um, I didn't get to play my senior year of football, but uh, I got to be a part of the crowd, which was even better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I love the crowd energy. The crowd energy was amazing. Well, it was the 19th Annual Regions Cup at Seagull Stadium in Salisbury University between the Seagulls and the visiting Frostburg State University Bobcats on Saturday. I arrived around 12.45 and it was so cold I had to use my cheeseburger as a hand warmer. That's a true story. It's not a joke. It was a great experience because I got to put on my sportswriter hat uh, for the first time in years and I'd always wanted to write about a football game. The magical moment came around 12.55 when the colors were marched onto the field and as we talked about, the national anthem was played. The entire stadium went silent. After that rare and brief moment of unity, it was time to put nose tackle to the gridiron. FSU won the toss. They elected to defer. Uh, Salisbury started the game with the ball and a 27-yard kickoff return. Everything seemed to be going well until the Gauls fumbled and turned the ball over on the third play of the first drive, unfortunately. The Bobcats took over with great field position, and the SU defense held, forcing a quick three and out. Instead of kicking an easy field goal from the 24-yard line, FSU made a strange decision to go for it on fourth down, and they turned the ball over on downs. So that was a lucky break for us. Quarterback Brandon Lewis mostly ran and handed the ball off during the first, but he made several first downs. Both defenses held until the end of the opening quarter. When the Gauls drove the ball down to the 26-yard line of Frostburg, there was a guy behind me for most of the first quarter, and he kept yelling, I smell a touchdown, you know, because they have that, everybody has to put their own little lyrics to that, that tune. Well, the aroma soon faded because we had a three and out, and we unfortunately missed a field goal attempt to end the first quarter. Then we moved on to the second quarter. And midway through the second, a roughing the passer penalty by SU put FSU, Frostburg State University, on the path to six. Two plays later, a leaping one-handed catch off of a tip pass led to the first score of the game from Sergio Andino, putting FSU on the board and on top 7-0 after the extra point. Soon after, a Salisbury fumble and a Salisbury interception both led to nothing. And the half ended with FSU still on top. Now, if there were enough balls dropped to cover New Year's Eve for the next millennium in the first half, the second half had more flags than the United Nations. Uh, they, the, bomb, the people can't tell when I'm slapping my knee with those puns because they were so fun. Well, what, I, what do I got to say? I mean, I, I'm the king of terrible puns. I, I really am. And those lines did exemplify that. <laughs> Well, the Bobcats started the second half of the Pigskin Ballet with a drive taking them to the Salisbury 13-yard line. The payoff was a blocked field goal attempt. The blocked field goal must have been the takeoff point for the Seagulls because the ensuing drive led to a 42-yard run to the end zone, negated by an illegal shift penalty. The SU... I don't know what I was trying to say there, SMU or something. The SU de defense delivered, however, holding the Bobcats to a goose egg in the third quarter. 
Several FSC mistakes in the fourth quarter, included, including a muffed putt, punt. That's always been tough for me to say, muffed punt. Sounds like some kind of a dish that you get at a French restaurant of some kind. Uh, that led to Salisbury's first score of the game, a 47-yard touchdown run by Superback Malik Pratt to tie the game at 7-all with 12 minutes to go. The Bobcats continued to follow, indicating a 40-yard catch and run to the end zone with an illegal block in the back. Lucky for Frostburg, back-to-back 15-yard penalties by Salisbury put the Bobcats in great position to punt the ball back to the Seagulls after two more penalties, totaling 25 yards. I told you they had more flags than the, than the United Nations in the second half. With 15 seconds to go, Salisbury had the win in their hands with a 40-yard field goal attempt and missed it. So it's on to overtime. FSU won the overtime coin toss and chose to play defense on third down. The Gulls threw an interception to FSU, who was then backed up to the 40-yard line because of a taunting penalty. I never understood. You know that you're on the field. You know you're going to get a penalty for it. And yet they, you still have players that will go out and taunt. I mean, Even have, you ever, have you mean... Have you ever taunted someone? I mean, before? like you taunt. I mean, well, I guess it's not not as big of a deal in college, but when when you're in pro, when you're actually getting paid, you know that you're going to cost your team if you taunt. And it's like, what are you doing? I mean, make your point later. Go to Twitter later after the game and oh, well, talk them I mean, on there. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate here and say that you know. When you make a good play, it's time to rub it in the other person's face. Like, yeah, there's sportsmanship yeah. and everything, but not everybody's a sportsman. You never know, though, with those refs, what they're going to call as a that's, taunt. That's also a big deal, a part of it, too, because, yeah. like, who who gets to define what's unsportsmanlike and what isn't? Of course, like, then again, you're never going to know what you never know what they're going to call for a catch, either, exactly. nowadays. Ooh, they have no, got no uh, definition of a catch anymore, it seems like. Uh, FSU blew their opportunity to win the game, missing a field goal and taking the game to double overtime. Mm-hmm. In double sudden death, FSU started at the 25 and started scored a touchdown almost immediately to make the score 14-7. But wait, Salisbury still has a turn to give us an early Christmas gift, a third overtime. And if they won in that third overtime, then, you know, we'd be happy. But then again, I think in third overtime in NCAA, it goes on to be a tie after that. I don't think they do a fourth overtime. I heard someone in the in the stands talking about that. Uh, the it goal- ends as a tie, yeah. Yeah. The Gulls started at the 25 and fumbled the ball on the second play. FSU recovered, and the Regents' Cup was retained by Frostburg, unfortunately. Retained, so they've already won. They had it before, yeah. They had it before. So it looks like last year's loss to Frostburg, or this earlier this year's, right? They lost to Frostburg earlier this year. I'm not totally sure. I was talking to the football player, one of the football players in my class, about um, the idea of playing Frostburg, and I think that they had lost to them. Not in like really recent past, but in the past to the point where it would affect the players. And that was their big hump coming into this week was not only preparing themselves like physically for a really cold, one of the colder matchups that they're going to play, but also one against an opponent that what seems to have the psychological edge. I see. All right. Well, maybe maybe next year um, we can find out what Frostburg's weakness is and exploit it. And then we can we can get that first win of the season. Then we can go to the Regents Cup. Yeah, then we go to the Regents' Cup again. I, I was told last year the Regents' Cup was played at M&T Bank Stadium, or at least two years ago. Hmm. Uh, it, was either la- it was either last year or two weeks ago. Two years ago. Wow, two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, let's see. Salisbury uh, finished the season with a 7-3 and overall record and a 7-2 and conference record. The Bobcats finished 9-1 and overall and 8-1 and in the NJAC, the New Jersey Athletic Conference. 
Salisbury will be playing in the Eastern CAC D3 Football Fest on Saturday, November 18th at Delaware Stadium on the University of Delaware campus. That's in Newark, Delaware. I've actually been up there before. I wanted to go there, but Salisbury was... I picked Salisbury instead. Go Gulls. Uh, They'll face the Ithaca Bombers at 5 p.m. in the Whitelaw Bowl. This will be Salisbury's 14th straight postseason appearance. The Seagulls have played in an ECAC Bowl game eight previous times, coming away with six victories, most recently a 52-20 win against Carnegie Mellon University in the ECAC Legacy Bowl in 2016. So we've got a lot to look forward to there on Saturday. I can't. Um, I'm. I, I'm supposed to see a play, but I think I'm gonna oh, skip it. Oh, I'm going to see this play, bro. Hundred percent. Really? Yeah, I've got. No, I've got. I've got. Um, I've got. Uh, one of the friends I just made this past year, right? I just like one of the guys. You know, you just meet and befriend. And like I'm talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I might actually go out for the uh, the play and see what role I can get." I'm like, "Oh, dude, that's cool. Just let me know what happens." He snagged the lead. Nice. Yeah, and so like this uh, this upcoming weekend, I'm definitely gonna go see. Who him. is that by chance? His name's Joe. Yeah, he's in my class. You know Joe? Yes, Big I know Joe. Joe. I definitely know Joe. He's Joe got, and I. He's wearing out. the tuxedo and everything, looking like James Bond. And the he's in a the, funny dude. Yeah, he is. He's I good. Really like Joe. He's a good actor. He's a really. That's he? actually the class that I'm in is an acting. An that's acting why I'm class. super excited to see him, bro. Because I've only like gotten to hang out with him like in a social setting when we're both like kicking it, and now I get to see what he's passionate about and talented at, and that's just. That's awesome, right? It's it, he's he is really good. We we it, it's amazing to see how, I mean, maybe not myself, but everybody else has <laughs> has kind of blossomed as an actor from the beginning of the. Don't sell yourself short, bro. Uh, Don't show yourself short. Well, it's because I'm not good at memorizing lines, so it kind of mm. gets in the way of my acting. So I didn't exactly blossom. I just kind of fumbled, you know. I kind of just just a little bit of a bud and then just kind of drop just gotta work on it yeah oh yeah trust me i'm gonna i'm gonna work on it i want to pass that class definitely i feel that (laughs) all right well we're gonna come right back with the uh scores of the week and upcoming games All right, welcome back to Gall Talk Live. I'm your host, Benjamin. We're here on WXSULP. I'm also your host. I'm also yeah, your host, Yeah, I was going about to say, <laughs> I'm here with my host, Caleb. I'm always going to I'm always gonna give you some props, man. I'll even take the, you the put co-host up, You put line. up with me. Hey, man. I've got, I've got to give you some props. I've been, I'm just, I'm, I've been dying to do one of these sports shows, dude. Did I tell you that was my original goal when I joined radio? Yeah, actually you did. And uh, your, your friend uh, that was going to do it went to Towson. Yep, you moved said. in with his girlfriend. <sighs> it's always the girlfriend, man. It's always the girlfriend she was that the breaks Yoko. up the best friends. She was the Yoko, man. Yo, I mean, Yoko. but unfortunately, hey, hey, is Yoko, is that her Beatles reference? Yeah, Yoko uh, Ono. Uh, yeah, she yeah. broke up the, you yeah. know, well, uh, supposedly. What they say. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that. All right, let's give you some scores. Uh, I guess for, to get away from my weekend, personal some upcoming problems. games. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could turn this into uh, the Fraser Crane Show if you wanted. Caleb's soapbox. I'm listening. <laughs> All right, over in men's and women's cross country, both teams travel to Newville, Pennsylvania to compete in the NCAA Mideast Regionals at Big Spring High School last Saturday. On the men's side, the team finished 11th overall. The men were paced by sophomore Branson Odouar, who garnered a 56th place finish at the Regionals. Odouar came home in a time of 26.34.4. Teammate and senior Malcolm Milton finished 74th, compete, completing the course in a time of 26.51.6. 
Uh, Connor Masteran and Greg Bissad finished just three seconds apart, placing 97th and 101st, respectively. Michael Weber came in 13 seconds behind Bissad as he crossed the finish line to place 113th at all overall. Uh, junior Emmanuel Porquin. Keep listening to Oh, we got we got reggae going, don't we? Yeah, I mean, I like reggae. I do too. It reminds me of the beach. Hey, we can go. To, we can go to a different song too. I mean, I think we played the same song from last segment that time. That's okay with me. Oh, it is, huh? Where were you at Haverford College? Yes. So Haverford College captured the victory on the men's side, unfortunately, uh, capturing 25 points with five runners finishing in the top 10, and that's impressive. Uh, the women's team also finished 11th overall. Uh, the women were led by senior Allison Schwartz, who was competing in her last Midwest Regional. Schwartz finished 56th overall and completed the 6K course in a time of 23 minutes, 47 seconds. Junior Carly Sniffen came in just behind her teammate Schwartz, placing 58th overall and posting a time of 23.49. Liana Foiani? Foyani. 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 That's that's what I've settled on. Liana Foyani. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and Ashley Mazer finished just seconds apart, who was competing in her first ever Mideast Regional Championship, coming home in a time of 24-17, while Mazer finished the race in 24-22. Both of the ladies placed 90th and 93rd, respectively. Abigail Potter posted a time of 24-39 to finish 114th overall, while freshman... Sydney Ruckel and Shay McCloskey routed out the runners for the maroon and gold. Ruckel finished 156th, and McCloskey placed 179th, crossing the finish line in a time of 25:47. The 11th place finish is six spots better than the women's team's 17th place finish in 2016. Johns Hopkins University captured the victory on the women's side, earning 32 points as four of the five top runners for the Blue Jays finished in the top six. Both teams will compete in the NCAA Division III National Championships at Principia College in Elsa, Illinois on Saturday, November 18th at 11 a.m. Ooh, uh, don't catch, you won't catch me there. No, no, definitely not. Not me either. I won't get on planes. Uh, what? Are you scared of planes? I'm not scared of planes. I just don't. I, I'm I'm not a risk taker. I mean, if I had to take a plane to get somewhere, I would. But if I don't have to take a plane to get somewhere, I won't. You realize more people die in car crashes than in airplane crashes? But there's more people in cars who drive cars every day. And that's why the statistic is skewed. Is it? Yeah. There's, Are you sure? There's I'm pretty billions sure of drivers on the road a day. There's millions of flights a day all around the globe. Touche. I'll 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 agree to disagree with that one. Word, I'm gonna be over here looking up statistics to tell you why it's safer <laughs> you know to fly than drive. You know what? You do that. You do that, and I'm looking forward to it. Although you still won't convince me to get on a flight. You know, the only I've always told people the only way I would ever get on a flight is if I was dead. But then I said if I was dead, I would come back to life and tell them get me off this plane. You're ridiculous. In field hockey, number 6 Salisbury was upset by number 11 Trinity College in the second round of the NCAA tournament with an overtime score of 2-1. to one. Emily Lemansky made the first goal of the game, which was the first Salisbury shot of the game five minutes in. This is Lemansky's team-leading 10th goal of the year. Kendall Brown of Trinity made the game-tying goal with, over, with under 15 minutes left in regulation, forcing overtime. But Chandler Solomine of Trinity scored the tiebreaker with only three minutes left. 
SU senior goalkeeper Tressie Windsor finished the day with four saves. Salisbury finished their season 12-5 overall, 5-1 in the conference. Over to swimming, the men's team lost 142-63 to against Washington College last Wednesday. Ouch. Josh Brown led the men's team with one first and two second places. I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. One first and two second place finishes. There, there we go. go. Uh, Brown's victory came in the 100-yard individual medley where he recorded a time of 58.27 seconds. He finished second in the 50-yard freestyle with a time of 21.76 seconds and in the 100-yard breaststroke with a time of 103.35 uh, Peter Moyer in, earned two individual second-place finishes. His finish was in the 200-yard freestyle with a time of 146.76, and his second came in the 500-yard freestyle with a time of 458.77. Richard Baker placed second in the 100-yard freestyle with a time of 48.22 seconds. Stephen, oh boy, Arcidia Cano, yeah, I think that's right, Arcidia Cano, finished second in the 100-yard butterfly with a time of 56.61 seconds. The 200-yard medley relay team comprised of Baker, Arcidia Cano, uh, Kyle Russell, and Jared Schwessinger finished second with a time of 142.15. The women's team also lost last Wednesday at Washington College. The final score was 138-64. Emma Taronski, Taranowski, there, we're Tarnowski. You to do the females. You want me to do the women's team. Yeah, because you're better with the ladies than I am. Hey, I don't know about all that. So, the women's team, unfortunately, as Ben said, took the L from Washington College, 138-64. to uh, Emma Tarnowski collected two individual first-place finishes on the evening. Um, the first was in the 100-yard medley, where she finished with 107.37. And her other victory came in in the 100-yard backstroke with a time of 103.44. Shelby Steer finished second in the 400-yard medley with a time of 5.31. Jordan Rowe finished second in the 100-yard medley with a time of 108.84. Olivia Edsall finished second in the 100-yard breaststroke with a time of 117.66. Steer, Rowe, Tarnoski, and Angela Barzanti combined to earn a second-place finish in the 200-medley relay, recording a time of 2.03 flat. Both teams will... Head to Widener College on Saturday, December 2nd at 1 p.m. And don't forget that men's and women's basketball starts tomorrow night. The women will play at Virginia Wesleyan at 5 p.m. And the men will host Washington College here on campus at 7.30 p.m. We'll have a preview of the 2017-2018 season later in the show. Meanwhile, we're going to move on to some of the local college and pro highlights. You're listening to Golf Talk Live. On WXSU Salisbury. What you listening to, son? I don't think you like it. So last week was the uh, basically the pep rally for the basketball team. Uh, they called it Seagull Madness. I don't know if you were in attendance or anybody out there was in attendance, but I love watching that. Uh, they do a bunch of giveaways. They do a bunch of Twitter trivia. Um, they gave away a 50-inch TV at the end of the night. And we got to watch some of the uh, skills from our men's and women's team. Uh, they played inner inner squad games against each other, so like women's versus women's really? team and men's versus men's. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, I and personally, this is no knock to either team, but I think the women's team is much more skilled than our men's team. But I mean, like, yeah, the men can dunk, obviously, and that's awesome. But I mean, the women's ball handling skills and they're just 
post up Jays, they can just drop a dime wherever they are on the court, and it's really impressive. Yeah, I, I actually wrote for a women's team uh, back at Chesapeake College, and they were incredible. I keep forgetting you went to Chesapeake. I also went to Chesapeake. You did? Skip I have Jack, no bro. idea. Skipjack. What year? Um, I was only there for one year. Because you were probably there the uh, same year I was there. 2014. Yeah. Because I was there from 2010 until 2016. Really? Six years. Yeah, bro, I yeah, was Yeah, because I kept going on and off between jobs and crashing cars it's, and dude, stuff like that. Just be college is a vacuum for your yeah. social life and your morale. Yeah, but I still love it. I Do loved you? it. You I love it. Uh, my grandmother actually lives right behind the campus. Really? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Right on that one road. Shout out College. Go Skipjacks. Go Skipjacks. You know they were the Seagulls at one point? No way. Yeah, You're the serious. year before I got there, they were the Seagulls. Really? I had no idea. Yep. So are we going to talk about NCAA? Yeah, NCAA football. Okay. On Saturday, the Maryland Terrapins fell to the Michigan Wolverines 35-10. to 10. Oh, wait. Do we still have our pick'ems? No, we don't because we skipped, We missed them last week. Oh, that's right. But yeah. I thought the Maryland and Michigan played. Oh, whatever. Well, the, the reason that I didn't do it again this year is because this week is because it, it's going to be inconsistent if like, we pick. And then next week it's like, oh, well, I can't make it, dude. And then it's like, you know, we won't be able to consistently pick. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I mean, I guess I guess we could. The thing is I don't have who they're playing next week. And right. you'd have to look them up one by one. And that would take 30 forevers. Uh, the Georgetown Hoyas lost to the Bucknell Bison 12-0. to Penn State defeated Rutger, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights 35-6. to The Delaware Fighting Blue Hens defeated the Albany Great Danes 22-3. to the Delaware State Hornets defeated the Morgan State Bears 33-30. The Virginia Tech Hokies fell to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 28-22. The Towson Tigers defeated William & Mary 26-14. The West Virginia Mountaineers defeated the Kansas State Wildcats 28-23. The Virginia Cavaliers lost to the Louisville Cardinals 38-21. The Pennsylvania Quakers defeated the Harvard Crimson 23-6. And on Thursday, the Pittsburgh Panthers fell to the North Carolina Tar Heels, 34-31. Ooh, many uh, basketball teams have already started their season. Yeah, yeah a, few, a few in here actually have games that have, have seasons that have started, but we'll, we'll mention those. Uh, let's see, the Maryland Terrapins men defeated the Maryland Eastern Shore Hawks, 96-43. That's tough. On Sunday... The league turfs fell to the South Carolina Gamecocks 94-86 on Monday. The Georgetown Hoyas men defeated the Jacksonville Dolphins 73-57. And the Georgetown women will play tonight versus Howard at 7 p.m. The Loyola Greyhounds men fell to the Northwestern Wildcats 79-75 last Friday. And the Greyhounds women's team defeated the Cornell Big Reds 78-63 last Friday also. The Penn State men defeated the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. I've never heard of Fairleigh Dickinson, have you? I have. Oh, okay. You, you, you've been around the college more, more, world more than I have, it seems like. Well, or at least the university world. Yeah, I mean, and I was also in a D3 school to, like, athletics. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever play them? No. Oh, okay. But I know who they are. Uh, they defeated the, yeah, the, Fair, they defeated the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights 81-57 to on Sunday. Uh, the Penn State Lady Lions defeated the Drexel Lady Dragons 84-70 to on Sunday also. Uh, over to the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens. The men defeated the Richmond Spiders 76-63 to last Friday. The Delaware women's team defeated the Hartford Hawks 72-63 to on Monday. Now the Delaware State Hornets men fell to DePaul Blue Demons 81-57 to though. And the Delaware State women's team also took the L. 
to the Temple Owls, though, 96-72 to last Friday. The Virginia Tech Hokies men basketball team defeated Citadel Bulldogs 132-93. to Wow. Ha, ah, man, where's the defense? Virginia Tech women defeated the Auburn Tigers 72-63. to uh, Our local Towson Tigers defeated Frostburg State 89-45, to and the women's team fell to the Massachusetts Minutemen 72-49 to on Sunday. Now the West Virginia Mountaineers men's team fell to Texas A&M Aggies uh, 88-65. Uh, the women's team defeated Central Connecticut. Whoa, the Central Connecticut Lady Blue Devils, 105 to 52. Mm. Yeah, that's that's mm. a beatdown. There's there's no defense there. It's like it's just the Lady Blue Evels. That's all. Yeah, or Lady Blue Evels. That's mm. all. So and then oh, it looks like the Virginia women team also played the Central Connecticut Lady Blue Devils. Yeah, on a different day. On a different day and defeated them 103 to 59. Oof. So the Central Connecticut Lady Blue Devils they probably put up some D. Yep, they, they definitely throw some D out there. Some D. Uh, the Virginia men's team defeated Austin P. Governors 93 to 49 on Monday, and the Pennsylvania Quakers men's team lost to LaSalle 75-51. But the women's team will play their first game, Bingham against the Binging, Binghamton, Binghamton Bearcats. Bearcats tomorrow. It's seven. That's actually uh, Tony Kornheiser's alma mater. Tony Kornheiser, yo. yes. What a guy. We're what gonna, a role model. Yes. Yeah, well, that's my role model. Is he really? Yeah, definitely. You know, he's one of my favorite sportscasters. Oh yeah, we're gonna get him on this show eventually. Oh, what a dream. He actually owns a restaurant over in uh in uh in Friendship Heights near DC. Really? It's called Chatter. He owns it. Get this. He owns it with Mari Povich, Gary Williams of basketball fame. And a socialite whose name is uh, Alan Beavis. Whatever, man. Whatever gets it. Whatever pays and the bills. And he's going to have Connie Chung there, who's married to Maury Povich. Wa- um, actually, Maury waitressing. Povich. <laughs> Maury Povich. All right, so let's oh, get, let's the get pro the sports. sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yo. So I want to go ahead and give a hard shout-out to all my Redskins fans. I am sorry. For everything you have to endure, the hope is the hardest part. Wait, right? are you a Redskins fan? No, I'm not. I was about I'm to not. say, I'm an Eagles fan. So I'm not a Redskins guys, fan. We were about no. to break up on air. Nope. I support the Redskins locally because I like local teams. Yeah. Um, but Eagles in recent years, I don't care. They're the best team in the NFL. We know. What I wanted to say was that it's unfortunate because um, as of late, the Redskins have always just denied hope. You know, they've always just been like, you know what, it's fine, we're going to suck. You know, they're never upset, right? Like, Dallas Cowboys fans are always upset every year because they're like, this is our year, when they haven't actually won a playoff game since the early 90s. Um, And so when we talk about hope and how hard it is to deal with that, the Redskins have never had any. And then they just put their hope on a quarterback again, and we all know that is not the wisest move to do in D.C. Uh, So falling to the Vikings 38-30 to is no surprise to me. Uh... People say sign him, people say tag him, people say cut him. And my opinion on Kirk Cousins is tag him and draft another quarterback. Right, because if they keep trying to sign him, somebody's going to come up with a better offer. Because the Redskins, if they keep losing, they're not going to have the money to keep him. Nope, and, so, Kirk, and Kirk's just going to peace out. Yeah, right? and definitely. I, so they're going to have to tag him. But they're I like, tag him. They're like, I, we just can't quite bring ourselves to tag him, you know? It's just kind of like it's kind of like that car you see on the side of the road, and your car is like dying, and you see this really old station wagon, but it's the person kept it perfect and the price is just right and you just can't bring yourself to buy it but it's it's better than the car you've got but yet it's a station wagon you know it's like it's not the sexy thing to do yeah whatever they i mean well personally the raven no no, go ahead you you were gonna say personally i don't have quarterback problems in the team i support who would that be the new england patriots (sighs) 
Hey man, you, um, can, it, sh- you can shut we're up. Gonna stop, we're gonna stop right there. Uh, the Ravens. This is a no Patriots zone. Hate us because you ain't us. Did you really just say that on air? You hate us because you ain't us. Oh, okay. I thought you said something else. I'm sorry. Uh, the Ravens and the Eagles had a bye week this week, uh, but the Falcons, coached by SU alumni Dan Quinn, defeated the Dallas Cowboys 27 to seven. Uh, in basketball on Monday night, the Wizards defeated the Sacramento Kings 110-92, and the 76ers defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 109-105. Zards. Now on to hockey. Our Capitals defeated the Edmonton Oilers 2-1 on Monday, and the Philadelphia Flyers took an L to the Minnesota Wild 1-0. Uh, and there is no baseball news. Yeah. Because that's... currently... You're LA Dodgers, right? Are the champions? No, I'm the I'm a Nats fan. I just say you're. I just say you're as in like you're LA. Oh, you're LA Dodgers. Yeah. (laughs) No, they're they're not. It wasn't. It wasn't LA, was it? It wasn't LA. It wasn't LA. I don't know. It was Houston. It's not my. team. It was the Houston Astros. It's the first time they've won since the fifties. Hashtag not my team. The Phillies. Is that your team? No, the Nats. Oh, I said it twice. <laughs> wait, wait. You gotta have to look me in the face and explain that to me. How do you support the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Nats? Have we gone over this before? No. All right. Well, very short story. Very They're long story. They're in the same thing, right? Short. They're in the same part of the, the baseball thing. Very long story made short. Um, I've been I've been a fan of the Eagles first. Can you hear you? Okay. No, yeah, I got okay, you. Okay, okay. It's like playing with the microphone, like, what? what is this thing? What is this What is this large cylinder that I'm speaking into? Uh, no, I was an Eagles fan first, and that was because I, was p- gonna pick, I hadn't picked a football team yet. And this was years ago. This was, like, in 2010. And I watched them play against the Giants, and it was that game around Christmas where they came back in the fourth quarter. I think they were down maybe three touchdowns. And they tied the game. Then on the oh, like final, the fourth, the fourth and twenty-four drive, like. the, the final punt of the yeah, the final punt of the of the game. It was like there was four seconds to go. Oh, Deshaun. and the the Giants, yeah, the Giants punter. He was supposed to punt it out of bounds, but he punted it straight to Deshaun Jackson, who fumbled it, picked it right back up, I got watched. a block, and ran for six to win the game. So that's and what made the you an coach, Eagles fan. The coach was livid. The Giants coach, yeah, Tom Coughlin, he, he, he was livid. He I mean, wouldn't you? Hilarious. The the kicker, he couldn't even talk. He wasn't even opening his mouth to talk. He was just standing there, scratching his head. You just, there's nothing you can say in that situation to make it better. But, I'm sad that that's your reason. Well, and then I started watching them, and I enjoyed them. I really enjoyed their play. I gotta admit, Michael Vick, when he was with the Eagles, at first he was really good, and then he just started to go downhill. And uh, I was really hopeful with Nick Foles, too, but, you know, whatever, Nick Foles. But we're running out of time here for this segment. But basically, I'm a fan of all the other teams because they're D.C. fans, and they're D.C. teams, and I love D.C. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with WXSULP Salisbury and Gall Talk Live. This is Gall Talk Live. Gall Talk Live, WXSULP Salisbury. Uh, I've been Caleb. I've been Benjamin, and we were going to give you a really good preview of the upcoming basketball season. But you we're, can still give them a preview. We just... got a little bit. We got a little bit of time. We got some time. Yeah. What time right. is it? Oh, uh, it's four forty-five. Yeah. Let's go ahead and give them a preview, and right. then we can we can give wrap our salutations. It. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you want what you want to take? You want to take the men's team? Or are you yeah. better with the ladies? 
<laughs> I don't care. You take whichever team you, you want. You go ahead, and I'll finish up. Okay, well, I'll take the ladies' team. Ha! I beat you to the punch. Uh, the Salisbury University women's basketball team returns with a wealth of experience to the court in the 2017-18 campaign, as well as a few newcomers who expect to have an immediate impact. We've got uh, head coach Kelly Baskow entering her seventh season with the Maroon and Gold. She expects the team as a whole, not just a single player, to fill the void left by Lauren Rothfield, who went to graduation. Uh, she was a first-team All-CAC guard. Uh, the team returns nine players from last year's team and welcomes two freshmen and an exchange student. Baskell hopes to see improvement on last season, but realizes it will be no task, no easy task in the always competitive CAC. Uh, the guards for this year, uh, senior Mary McDonough, uh, senior Morgan Grubb, junior Megan Koenig, and sophomore da- Dalina Julian. We've also got freshman Amber Onyukwir. Uh, let's see, we got junior Kaylin French, senior Paige Bryce, junior Morgan Maturani. We've got center Rachel Ryan, freshman Courtney uh, Brigham, and that's it. Uh, the season starts this Wednesday, November 15th, as the team travels to take on Virginia Wesleyan University before going to the Keene University Tournament on November 17th and 18th. Uh, they open conference play at Christopher Newport on Wednesday, November 29th. I was not aware that we were in preseason, so that's the official start of the season. All right, that's fine. That's cool. Uh, the captains, coming off a four, Final Four appearance last year, began the season ranked number two in the country, according to D3Hoops.com. I'll kick it over to you for the men's preview. Andrew Sachs' men's basketball team really is trying to improve and uh, emulate the success that they displayed last season. Uh, their sights are set on another trip to the Capital Athletic Conference Championship and a return to the NCAA Tournament. Now, that road last year was not easy, and it proves just as difficult this year. The team has made its youth movement behind three new freshmen and four transfer players. The team has gotten younger in the post with the arrival of James Foley, Johnson Ogenior, Bryce Thurston, J.P. Crotulus, and Lucas Martin. And I hope you guys are listening and actually approach me and yell at me if you're n- I mispronounced He's your name. He's Calibrata. He's Calibrata. I've got a red beard. Look for me on campus. You can't miss me. Um, the other area that has seen great competition this offseason and preseason has been that of the point guard. Uh, rising sophomore Al Letter has come back in great physical shape, according to Sachs, and has been working hard this offseason. Junior transfer Blair Davis, though, aims to challenge this spot. Davis, a transfer from Lincoln University, turned into a solid sophomore campaign for the Lions, appearing in 25 games and scoring 93 points. Freshman combo guard Johnny Fairstein also has performed well in the preseason. At wing positions, we've got returning seniors Chad Barkowski and Jordan Brooks. Returning sharpshooters Jack Ferguson, Braden Dorsey, and Alex McNaughton provide quality depth, as well as two freshman wings, Mike Ward and Gary Brittle. Sachs has also brought in some veteran coaches with the help of Sean Tucker and Brian McDermott, all having their own personal ties to the Seagull basketball program. Junior face-up forward Chase Coomer will be the captain of the 2017-18 team, but expects senior wings Jordan Brooks and Chad Barkowski to help in leadership roles as well. I wonder if when he makes a slam dunk, he likes it when you yell like, Cacao! 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 Oh. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the games. When he makes it, when he and makes it. And maybe we can start a chant. Cacao! Cacao! 
Kakowski. To be successful this season, though, Sachs says it's simple. We need to be playing our best basketball in February. We need to be healthy, and most importantly, we need everyone to step up, keep improving each week, and to give us the best chance to win the CAC and advance into the NCAA tournament. End quote. Salisbury kicks off its 2017-18 season on Wednesday, November 15th, when it hosts Eastern Shore rival Washington College. They call that the war on the shore for all of the sports. Seagulls defeated the Shoreman 99-84 last season in Chestertown, so tip-off scheduled this Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. I'll be there. I really implore the campus to be there because the later the basketball game, the well, the more apt uh, the athletes are to perform well, yeah. and the referees are more apt to go I ahead actually and throw live over that way. I over live over in Chestertown? Easton. I live in Easton. Oh, you live in Easton. So that's actually closer to Chestertown than here, I would Nothing actually, good ever no, happens it's in a Chestertown. Actually, pr- no, it's a pretty long ride, yeah. Nothing ever good happens in Chestertown. Yeah, but I'm, I'm pro- I'll am I'm probably go to that game because it's closer for me. All right, well, we want to thank suseagulls.com who had those two um, previews. We took those and put them on the radio for you. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off for today. This has been WXSU LP Salisbury, 96.3 FM Seagulls Radio. And he's Caleb Rada. Uh, <laughs> what? I thought you were going to outro yourself first. Well, yeah, no, go ahead. You go first. Oh, okay. Well, I've been Caleb Rada, and it's been a pleasure. You've been? Oh, you're going to change? Yep, my name uh, changes when I walk out of the booth. And if I mispronounce the name, any of the names, I'm Caleb Rada also. Ah. But I'm Ben Bruner. Stay classy, Salisbury, and stay in class.